0: we can
1: all listen to the sunny side of sports great show bro this is sunny side of sports right here on the voice of america voice of america sporty greetings to all our voice of america listeners and happy friday this is voa's sunny young in washington welcome to the september 16th edition Of the sunny side of sports, the Voice of America is celebrating its 80th year of broadcasting. Where does the sunny side of sports fit into VOA broadcasting history? Well, the show's origins date back to 1998 when the Voice of America sent me to France to cover the FIFA World Cup football tournament. I fondly remember doing Q&As from Paris with the VOA's late, great, gallant Ghanaian King Richard Cote, who died in 2003. 1998 is also when tennis great Roger Federer turned professional. I consider myself lucky to have watched the Swiss maestro grace tennis courts all over the world for the past 24 years. On Thursday, the 41-year-old Federer announced his retirement.
2: To my tennis family and beyond of all the gifts that tennis has given me over the years the greatest without a doubt has been the people i've met along the way my friends my competitors and most of all the fans who give the sport its life today i want to share some news with all of you as many of you know the past three years have presented me with challenges in the form of injuries and surgeries i've worked hard to return to full competitive form But I also know my body's capacities and limits and its message to me lately has been clear. I am 41 years old. I've played more than 1,500 matches over 24 years. Tennis has treated me more generously than I ever would have dreamt. And now I must recognize when it is time to end my competitive career. The Labour Cup next week in London will be my final ATP event. I will play more tennis in the future, of course, but just not in Grand Slams or on the tour. This is a bittersweet decision because I will miss everything the tour has given me. But at the same time, there is so much to celebrate. I consider myself one of the most fortunate people on earth. I was given a special talent to play tennis and I did it at a level that I never imagined for much longer than I ever thought possible. I would like to especially thank my amazing wife Mirka, who has lived through every minute with me. She has warmed me up before finals watched countless matches even while over eight months pregnant and has endured my goofy side on the road with my team for over 20 years. I also want to thank my four wonderful children for supporting me, always eager to explore new places and creating wonderful memories along the way. Seeing my family cheering me on from the stands is a feeling I will cherish forever. I would also like to thank and recognize my loving parents, my dear sister, without whom nothing would be possible. A big thank you to all my former coaches who always guided me in the right direction. You have been wonderful. And to Swiss Tennis, who believed in me as a young player and gave me an ideal start. I really want to thank and acknowledge my amazing team, Ivan, Danny, Roland, and particularly Seve and Pierre, who have given me the best advice and have always been there for me. Also Tony, for creatively managing my business for over 17 years. You are all incredible, and I've loved every minute with you. I want to thank my loyal sponsors, who are really like partners to me, and the hard-working teams and tournaments on the ATP Tour, who consistently welcomed all of us with kindness and hospitality. I would also like to thank my competitors on the court. I was lucky enough to play so many epic matches that I will never forget. We battled fairly, with passion and intensity, and I always tried my best to respect the history of the game. I feel extremely grateful. We pushed each other and together we took tennis to new levels. Above all, I must offer a special thank you to my unbelievable fans. You will never know how much strength and belief you have given me. The inspiring feeling of walking into full stadiums and arenas has been one of the huge thrills in my life. Without you, those successes would have felt lonely rather than filled with joy and energy. The last 24 years on tour have been an incredible adventure. While it sometimes feels like it went by in 24 hours, it has also been so deep and magical that it seems as if I've already lived a full lifetime. I've had the immense fortune to play in front of you in over 40 different countries. I have laughed and cried, felt joy and pain, and most of all, I have felt incredibly alive. Through my travels, I've met many wonderful people who will remain friends for life who consistently took time out of their busy schedules to come and watch me play and cheer me on around the globe. Thank you. When my love of tennis started, I was a ball kid in my hometown of Basel. I used to watch the players with a sense of wonder. They were like giants to me, and I began to dream. My dreams led me to work harder, and I started to believe in myself. Some success brought me confidence, and I was on my way to the most amazing journey that has led to this day. So I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart to everyone around the world who has helped make the dreams of a young Swiss ball kid come true. Finally, to the game of tennis, I love you and will never leave you.
1: Roger Federer's retirement was also the big topic of discussion among fans and players during the Davis Cup tennis finals. Craig Gabriel reports.
0: The Davis Cup by Rakatan continued in Bologna, in Hamburg, in Valencia, in Glasgow. But one guy stole the limelight with something he had to say. It happened to be Roger Federer, the most revered tennis player. The Fed announced that after 24 years of playing and at the age of 41, next week's Labour Cup in London was going to be his last professional event. Roger Federer is retiring. Adding his name to a list that started with Ash Barty in March and continued with Serena Williams at the US Open. Over the last couple of years, Federer has been riddled with knee injuries and surgeries. Just when he thought things were on the mend, things went awry again. But there no regrets it is the end of an era the Fed set the bar others may have passed it but what he has achieved is lasting and is what other players are measured by at davis cup players were asked about roger richard gasquet played him 21 times and lost 19 he said he best remembers their first meeting for good reason it was in monte carlo and richard won
3: it was incredible when i when i had to face him yeah, it was an incredible era with him, Djokovic, and Fede and uh, Nadal. It was crazy to be the same uh, on the same uh, era than, uh, than them to play year after year. These guys, these guys, and uh, the legend of the game, everybody know, knows it. Technically, you know the the charisma. Everything was uh, was crazy. There is only. Juan Roger Federer. The
0: The Frenchman got his nation off to a good start against Australia, beating Jason Kubler. But then Alex Dimenor leveled the series with a 6-3, 1-6, 6-4 win over Benjamin Bonzi. And then with the doubles, Matt Ebden and Max Purcell sealed the tie for Australia with a straight-set win. Aussie captain Leighton Hewitt played Federer 27 times. Federer led the series 18-9. Here's Leighton.
2: My kind of era... I guess. And, you know, we we're the same age. We grew up together in junior. So I knew Roger extremely well and probably saw him slightly different to everyone else as well um, because we grew up together. But, you know, he, he was the greatest of, of that time. You know, obviously there's a couple of other guys now that have really put their hand up, but he went clear easily from, you know, a Grand Slam perspective and, and really just his win-loss ratio there, you know, mid-2000s there. He was nearly unbeatable.
0: In Valencia, Serbia was untroubled by Korea with the Serbs winning the two singles without losing a set. Dusan Lajevic and Miramar Osmanovic were too good. In Glasgow, the Americans and backed up their very, very late-night win over Great Britain claiming the two singles against Kazakhstan. Tommy Paul made short work of Mikhail Kokushkin, 6-1, 6-4, and then Taylor Fritz, might not have been swift, but still beat Alexander Bublik, 7-6, 6 3 Day 4 we'll see Italy taking on Argentina in Bologna, Spain plays Canada in Valencia, Germany faces Belgium in Hamburg, and in Glasgow, it's Great Britain against the Netherlands. Craig Gabriel at Davis Cup by Rakatan for VOA Sports.
1: Thanks, Craig. Craig mentioned how Roger Federer is adding his name to a 2022 tennis retirement list that also includes Ash Barty and Serena Williams. Serena paid tribute to Roger on social media, writing, and I quote, I wanted to find the perfect way to say this, as you so eloquently put this game to rest, perfectly done just like your career. And Serena continues, I have always looked up to you and admired you. Our paths were always so similar, so much the same. You inspired countless millions and millions of people, including me, and we will never forget. I applaud you and look forward to all that you do in the future. And Serena concludes by saying, Welcome to the Retirement Club. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA sunny sports. As the Voice of America celebrates its 80th anniversary year of broadcasting, this music time in Africa historical note, it's the VOA's longest-running English language program founded in 1965 by the late, great Leo the Music Man Sarkeesian. Now, Leo was a true Renaissance man, an artist, a musician, a broadcaster, and a friend. Leo's career at the Voice of America spanned nearly 50 years, during which he visited every African country and recorded music in each. And Heather Maxwell has certainly done a marvelous job as the Music Time in Africa host in recent years. We'll have to get Heather on the sunny side of sports soon. Heather does have a sporty side she enjoys surfing, which made its debut as an Olympic sport at last year's Tokyo Games in Japan. In women's professional basketball, the Connecticut Sun has routed the Las Vegas Aces by 29 points in Game 3 of the WNBA Finals. The Aces now lead the Sun two games to one in the best-of-five championship series. The AP's Dave Ferry tells us more. Alyssa Thomas had a triple-double, and the Sun forced a game four in the WNBA Finals by clobbering the Aces, 105-76.
5: Thomas had 16 points, 15 rebounds, and 11 assists for Connecticut. It was the first triple-double in WNBA Finals history.
6: We came out ready. My my teammates hit their shots, and... Um, I always say with, without them, none of these triple-doubles are possible.
5: John Quell Jones led the Sun with 20 points, and Dewana Bonner added 18. Jackie Young paced the Aces with 22 points, and Asia Wilson had 19.
3: We just were not locked in on the defensive end. We were a step slow on the defensive end, and uh, that fuels our offense. So we have to be more locked in on the defensive side more than anything uh, when you're playing against a team like Khan. Uh, and so for us to come out and lack that, Uh, It was going to be a long game for us, regardless of who we played.
5: Game four is Sunday afternoon in Connecticut. I'm Dave Ferry.
1: Thanks, Dave. A basketball jersey worn by Michael Jordan during the 1998 NBA Finals has sold for more than $10 million at auction. That makes it the most expensive piece of game-worn sports memorabilia in history. The previous record was a Diego Maradona football jersey, which fetched $9.3 million earlier this year. Some big, big money in the sports memorabilia market, but then again, you have two big, big stars in the legendary Diego Maradona and Michael Jordan. VOA's Gwen Uten tells us more about the Michael Jordan jersey. Sporty
3: greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. The jersey got its name from the ESPN film The Last Dance, a documentary series that revolves around Michael Jordan's career and the 1997-98 NBA season. Jordan's final season with the Chicago Bulls that ended with their third straight championship. Brom Walker is the head of streetwear and modern collectibles for Sotheby's. He says...
7: So here we have Michael Jordan's 1998 NBA Finals The Last Dance jersey from game one. Um, when you think about you know, the arc of Michael Jordan's career and him coming to his last chance at a sixth NBA championship, um, The Last Dance really holds a special place uh, in the hearts of all Michael Jordan fans. And this is really one of the most significant artifacts for Michael Jordan to ever appear at auction.
3: Jordan hit the game-winning shot in Game 6 of the 1998 NBA Finals with five seconds left on the clock. That play is still regarded as one of the greatest in NBA history. The Bulls' 87-86 win over the Utah Jazz clinched the championship series and their second three-peat in eight years. Over 35 million viewers tuned in, and it still holds the record as the most watched finals game in NBA history. The following year, Michael Jordan retired from the Chicago Bulls for a second time with a total of six championship titles and six finals MVP awards, the most of any player. He returned to the game in 2001 to play for the Washington Wizards before he officially retired for a third and final time two years later. In 2009, he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame, and he's currently chairperson and owner of the Charlotte Hornets NBA team based in his native U.S. state of North Carolina. The list of achievements goes on and on. However, Brom Wachter believes the iconic Last Dance jersey sums up Michael Jordan's legacy.
7: Well, if you think about the Last Dance and kind of Michael's career arc you know, the last dance is really what people covet so much, in, in part because of the documentary. And at that time, Michael was, you know, battling against enormous amount um, within his own organization, um, which was fracturing. Ultimately, he understood it would be his last shot at an NBA championship with the Chicago Bulls, and he emerged victorious. Um, and this, you know, iconic jersey in, in red is, is one of the um, top artifacts that's ever come to market for Michael Jordan.
3: The Last Dance jersey is the second shirt that was worn by Michael Jordan in the NBA Finals to go up for auction. The first was also worn in 1998 in Jordan's final regular season appearance with the Bulls. That jersey sold for just over 173000 U.S. dollars in 2015. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you.
1: Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. Sporty greetings. This is Fisayo
8: Dairu, chief football writer at aclsports.com. And you are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America.
6: Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA, VOA's newsmaker interview program. Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at VOANews.com or connect with us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CarolCastielVOA or on Twitter at CarolCastielVOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America.
4: Forty greetings. This is Nam Pelo, media officer of Banyana Banyana of South Africa. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America.
1: It's Friday, which means it's time for another extra spicy package of African sports highlights from Samson Omale. Sporty Friday greetings, Samson. Sporty Friday greetings to
5: you too, Sunny. We begin the wrap of these weekend's Africa sports highlights with beach soccer. The draws for the Beach Soccer Africa Cup of Nations Mozambique 2022, scheduled to be held from the 21st to the 28th of October, were held in the Mozambican capital, Maputo, on Friday. In accordance with the draw procedure, host Mozambique were placed in Group A. They are joined by Malawi, who will be taking part in the first beat soccer afghan nigeria who were bronze medalist in 2015 and finalists in 2016 and 2018 and also morocco regular participants in the finals and bronze medalists in the last edition in group b senegal defending champion will share the stage with uganda who will participate in their second beat soccer afghan after having been semi-finalist in 2021 madagascar winner of the tournament organized in 2015 in the seashells and also egypt bronze medalist in 2016 and 2018 Cal director of competition samson Adamo conducted the draws
8: now i think the african beach soccer competition this year especially is going to be fantastic because you're doing it in one of the most amazing places that i've seen first of all in the world and uh, the national team did very well in their debutant uh, appearance last year in senegal and now they're hosting it in front of the mozambicans I'm sure it's only going to be some amazing football. Reigning champions Uganda have been placed alongside Rwanda and
5: Grubi ahead of the Under-17 African Cup of Nations Afghan 2023 qualifiers for the Council of East and Central Africa Football Association Sakafa Zone. Uganda, who lifted the title when the tournament was last held in 2020, have been placed together with Rwanda, Djibouti, together with Sudan and Burundi, who missed the last edition. Bashir Mutiaba is a team manager for Uganda under-17 national team. We are now preparing
8: to play the zone qualifiers that will be in Ethiopia to probably qualify for the third time. Uh, The under-17 national team, we've uh, uh, selected a number of players. We've gone through uh, several stages to come up with uh, a team that represents uh, the nation.
5: And on to South Africa where Bafana Bafana coach Hugo Bruce says he alongside the Football Federation deliberately chose to pick friendly marches against smaller nations to avoid defeats. Bafana Bafana will meet lowly ranked Botswana and Sierra Leone next week. Bafana lost their last three matches against higher ranked teams Morocco, France and Ghana. The Belgian tactician believes playing bigger teams after their last three straight defeats is of no use.
0: I don't want to kill myself. What is the use of, of having again two games against, uh, let's say, uh, uh, Brazil and, uh, and Italy? And you lose two times 4-0. You lose already five times now. You have to stop then, because it's not good for the team. It's not good for the players. It's certainly not good for the coach.
5: Bafana will play against Sierra Leone on September 24th and then face neighbours Botswana three days later in what coach Bruce describes as a confidence-boosting friendlies
0: for his team. We can have two, uh, two victories. Uh, okay, the confidence within the team will be again there. The confidence of the people will be again there. And that's we have to try to achieve.
5: Staying with Southern Africa, the Namibia Football Association, and the world football governing body FIFA will bring its week-long FIFA youth coaching course to a close on Friday. The course aimed at upgrading the skills of youth coaches across all 14 regions across Namibia had 20 participants in attendance. The course dealt with topics such as factors that affect performance, defending, attacking, ball position players' pathway and nutrition for footballers. FIFA technical expert John Felix Kaputa from Malawi said his role is to mentor and share his knowledge with the participants.
8: I must be seen in such a way that all the knowledge must be left here in Namibia because we need the youth coaches to be well prepared for future.
5: Some of the participants described the week-long coaching course as timely.
4: This coaching course will be the start of new beginnings for our our youth coaches. It's really important that we take everything that we can from this coaching course and take it back to our regions to see the full development of our youth.
8: For me personally, it's it's something that I wanted to do uh,
3: previously but I did not get that opportunity. So now that I have the opportunity, I want to grab it with both my hands and I want to upgrade my skill in coaching because coaching is not about football. Coaching, there's a lot of things going hand in hand with coaching.
4: I want to get more skills. on Being a coach, not just being a coach, being a mentor also and... The expectation also is that I want to be a good mentor.
5: And now to volleyball news. Kenyan National Women's Volleyball Team, Maikea Strikers left Brazil on Thursday for a 10-day training camp in Serbia ahead of the World Championship slated for the 23rd of September to the 15th of October in Netherlands and Poland. The Kenyans have been camping in Brazil for the past two months in preparations for the global showpiece. Maikea won three out of the 10 build-up marches Kenya will be based in Poland and is drawn in group A that comprises of European champions Italy, host Netherlands, Belgium, Puerto Rico and African champions Cameroon. Staying with Kenya, the country's national cycling team will take part in the 2022 World Cycling Championships set to be held between the 18th and the 25th of this month in Wollongong, Australia. Two cyclists including Nancy Akinye and Salim Kipcomboy were selected to fly Kenya's flag at the global championships. The Wollongong event also marks the return of international road racing to Australia after being isolated for the past two years due to strict border closures imposed during the COVID-19 pandemic. In boxing news, South Africa's boxing sensation, Kevin Larena has labelled himself as an underdog ahead of Saturday's evening heavyweight title bout against Marouz Watch of Poland. Larena will be coming up against a veteran who has already boxed the best in the world. Watch has already faced well-known boxers in the heavyweight division including Vladimir Klitschko and Kevin McBride. This will be Larena's second fight since moving from cruiserweight to heavyweight division most recently. For me, you know, if you're a smart fighter, you've got longevity in the sport of boxing, and I think that's what I want to change and revolutionise the sport in South Africa, is you've got to be smart, you've got to have skills, and hit and don't get hit, because that's longevity. The true reality of it is, it's longevity. Boxing is about being smart. Yes, you're going to get hit, you know, it's inevitable, you're in a fight. However, you can limit that by having skills and having a good defensive mindset. And now to Ghana, where the chairman of the local organising committee for the 2023 Afghan Games Kwaku Ofusu Asari is convinced that Ghana will be ready to host the 2023 African Games. Ghana's capital, Accra, will host the 13th edition of the African Games in August next year with an indoor arena under construction at Botieman, while the University of Ghana's main stadium is under renovation for the Games. Only last month, of Asari stated that $140 million had been agreed and approved by Ghana's parliament to stage the African Games next year.
8: We are getting ready to host the African Games and there are a few thousand Thomas's, but I want to assure you that our president, his excellency, and his government are extremely committed to this project. It's a national project. It is not a partisan project, it's a national project. And we're hoping that there'll be several benefits. We are going to lift Accra to the highest level globally. We'll make sure that the economy is stimulated. Our economy has been buffeted by coronavirus, uh, corona nine, uh, 19, as well as what is happening in Ukraine and uh, Russia. But we're hoping that we'll use the games to stimulate our economy, create jobs for the youth, enhance the lifestyle of everybody, address the deficiencies in our sporting facilities so that people can go there and exercise and keep fit.
1: That's Kwaku Afusu-Asare, the chairman of the local organizing committee for the 2023 African Games. And thanks to Samson Omale for another extra spicy package of African sports highlights. And that wraps up the September 16th edition of the show. I get it. Thank you for tuning in and have a nice weekend. I'm VOA's Sonny Young, and that's the sunny side of sports.